Pastor Marshall. I'm glad you guys are here. So we're going to continue in our Red Letter series, our Red Letter Living series. Um, and I have something to say this morning. Oh, man, God's given me a word. I believe it, and I'm, I'm excited about it. And um, we'll get to that in a minute. But last week, Mother's Day, man, wasn't that special what our leading lady did? Our, our uh, leading lady, she, she talked about um, your disappointments are are his appointments, and I'm so proud of Tiffany for stepping in the gap and um, speaking. Last night, Tiffany and I had, uh, with another couple, we were able to go to the um, marriage night, and that was exciting. Well, over at Coastal, they had a marriage night simulcast over there, and um, that was a nice little time, a few hours of just reflecting and looking at some stuff and kind of recharging our batteries a little bit. If you're married, you need to do that from time to time, I'm going to tell you, because if you don't, time will do you. Y'all hear what I'm saying? As your pastor, um, from time to time, you need to take time to uh, recharge your batteries, and um, and you'll be glad you did. So anyway, we're in the series called Red Letter Living. Um, we're t- we're focusing on the re- on the letters, the red letters that are recorded of Jesus's life. Those red letters indicate how we should live, the things he said. You know, I want to challenge you. I don't know how many of you um, uh, find yourself with just a little bit of time. If you only have a little bit of time, you can read all the things that Jesus said and read in Mark's gospel. See, Mark writes a short, he's a snapshot writer. He just gives you the stuff and, and keeps it moving. He doesn't, he doesn't give you a whole lot of stuff like Matthew's gospel. Matthew has a lot of Old Testament references, so the red lettering is a little longer in Matthew. But Mark's is concise, it's, it's short. And so I want to invite you and encourage you to Read the red letters. How many of you will read the red letters of Jesus before you see Jesus? Raise your hand. Amen. If that's something you might want to do, I'm just saying, you guys. You might want to do that. So anyway, um, in a moment, we're going to take a look at the first red letters, the first red letter words that were recorded from Jesus after he advanced his ministry. As soon as he advanced his ministry, these are some, some words that you guys need to be familiar with because it's going to help us still today. The first words that Jesus established that's recorded in the book of Matthew are fighting words, the red letter words of Jesus. They're fighting words. And, and, and that's important. You need to understand because um, if you're going to go after everything God has assigned for you, you're going to need to know some fighting words. I said, everything that God has assigned to your name, you're going to need some fighting words in order to get it, because this is critical. You've got to understand with, 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 let me slow down so you get this, with every advancement comes an attack. Y'all, y'all follow me? With every high time comes a hard time. That's just life. How, how many of you can say that you've experienced that? You know, you've gotten the job, but then the job required all this other stuff, um, and then stuff started happening at home or whatever, so now you're trying to balance time. With every advancement comes an attack. And I won't let, I, this is just me, I, I, I won't let pride problems or people keep me from what God has assigned next. And that's what I want you to dig your heels in and settle in your heart today. Uh, if you'll settle that, I believe you're going to need some fighting words. You're going to need some fighting words. All right. So remember, after every battle, there's a blessing. But after every blessing, there's a battle. <laughs> oh, man, the trials and temptations in our lives are universal. We all have them. 
We're going to all experience them. But then the blessings, you know, there, there's, there's testimony after testimony of people who, who can confer that the blessings of God were worth it for the things I had to give up, the things I had to sacrifice, the time I had to spend, God blessed on the back end. So Jesus demonstrates for us this morning a universal approach for, uh, approach for all the universal touches that the enemy tries to put on our lives. Jesus demonstrates a universal touch and how to, I mean, a universal approach on how to push past our problems to deal with the fighting words that we need in our lives. So before we go into Matthew chapter 4, I want us to go into, I want us to understand Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 ends with a familiar story. Y'all remember when Jesus went to uh, see his, his cousin John the Baptist? He went to get baptized. This was a high time. So John comes, uh, Jesus comes, and he's talking to John, and, and, and Jesus and John are going back and forth. You know, I need to be baptized. John's like, I don't want to baptize you. I'm not worthy to baptize you. I can't even strap your sandals. Y'all know the story? You know, and Jesus is like, so, the, so that the scripture be fulfilled, you need to baptize me, bro. And so he goes to baptize him, and the, uh, the magnificent thing happens from there. The heavens opens up, and Jesus hears the words of the Father, right? He hears the words of the Father confirming him and his ministry, because he's about to start his ministry. The first 30 years, we don't know nothing about Jesus' life except when he was a kid, you know, up to 12 years old or so. We don't know anything from there, the first 30 years. So now he's being baptized. He's got three more years to go to, to his assignment. And the Father speaks from heaven. This is my son, beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. The Spirit descends on him like a dove and confirms. And we see Jesus in the water, the Spirit as a dove, the Father speaking, the first sign of the Trinity in the Bible. The first sign of the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then chapter 4. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. We don't need to read much for starters. The scripture says, then let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the red letters that present for us this morning what we need to stand on and how we're supposed to administer them in our lives. Help us, Lord, today. I've studied, Lord, but I need your strength this morning. I've prayed I need your power still yet. So, Father, do what only you can do for us in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Matthew 4, verse 1, it reads, Then, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Then, then, then. So then we have to understand. I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit anal when it comes to reading God's word. You know, I have a little bit of education behind me, so I'm trying to study some stuff. And when I saw then at the beginning of the word, that lets me know in the literary sense, then means that something happened before then, right? So Jesus had a high time in, the, in his baptism. He was refreshed, and now he's in the wilderness the Spirit led him into the wilderness, so now he's dealing with a hard time. Then, have y'all ever been through a then? <laughs> then? Then is a hinge word. That means something happens before then. There's, there's a good time before the then. Then is a hinge word. It's like a door. But on the other side of then is a hard time. So Jesus is led into the wilderness, and he's dealing with a then. Then stops some of us sometimes. Then keeps us from going forward sometimes. Sometimes then makes us feel like, why is this happening to me? Then. Have you ever been through a then? Hmm. Then. Jesus went through a then to reveal two things. Je Jesus went to a then to reveal who he is and to relate to where you are. 
I say that again. Jesus went through a then to reveal who he is and where you are. Uh, Verse 2 says that after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter, the tempter, the enemy of your soul, Satan, the devil, came and said to him, if you are the son of God, if God loves you so much, Jay, if God loves you so much, Marco, Eric, if he loves you, if he's been there with you and you're praying to him, if, if you are the son of God, Jesus, command these songs to be, to become loaves of bread. We have to remember that the devil tempts us to condemn us, but God tests us to confirm us. Man, I hope that, I thought worship would have y'all ready for this, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. God has assignment on your life and you have to go for it all. Verse four says, but but he answered, Jesus answered, it, it is written. We'll see the fighting words. That, that's the subject of our, I, I didn't give you the guys the title. The title of the message is fighting words. I'm a little excited. Fighting words. So we see the first set of fighting words right here in verse four. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus is the New Testament, but he's preaching the Old Testament. He's talking Deuteronomy uh, eight and three. He's quoting Deuteronomy eight and three. The new word, the New Testament, the living word is quoting the Old Testament, the old word. Then in verse five, the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle. He set him on a pinnacle to bear up. He set him on a pinnacle of the temple. Verse 6, and then and, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, if you, if you will command the angels concerning you and the other hands, on their hands they will bear you up. At least you strike your foot against the stone. So the devil, what is he doing here? He's quoting scripture too. But he's not giving the complete story. But he's quoting Psalms 91. He's like, Jesus, if you throw yourself down, God's got you. God's got you. The angels will pick you up. You won't even hit the ground. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you should not put your Lord, the Lord your God, to the test. And and Jesus quotes Deuteronomy again, this time Deuteronomy 6, 16, verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. I'll give you all this if you work overtime. If you work, if you work two or three jobs, I'll give you all this and neglect your family. If you'll do it. And so... I'm thinking, why did the devil offer this? It's because he could. He, he is the prince of the world. And because of the fall of Adam and Eve, they gave over the deed. They signed the deed to the devil when he was cast from heaven. The world is his to give. That's why it's hard for you in our temptation. That's why it's hard to step back and say, this is what I'm going to do for God and stick with it. He offered him the world's glory. Verse 9, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you would just fall down and worship me. And we don't think that we're falling down and worshiping when we seek after what the world has, when that's our priority. We don't think that that's, we don't think that that's what we're doing when our lives shift. 
Verse 10, then Jesus said, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. Again, he's quoting Deuteronomy. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6.13 now. Verse 11, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. I wonder, as I was studying this passage on red letters, I wonder, how many of us know enough word before we need the word? I submit to you, our title again, our subject is fighting words. These are the first fighting words that Jesus used as he advanced his ministry. Fighting words. Uh, Much like Jesus' universal approach to to, uh, ministry, uh, I remember back when I was young, and maybe some of you can relate, I remember when, um, when I was in school, we were a military family, military brats in you know, the army, and we traveled around from place to place. But there was this universal understanding. No matter where we were located, we were located in Germany at one time, Texas, Kansas, Oklahoma. We started off in Philly. Um, but no matter where we lived, all of the students had the same thing, boys and girls. We had the same uh, mentality when we got to school. And sometimes at home, you don't have to play with me. You don't have to like me. You don't even have to respect me. But don't talk about my mama. I don't care what's going on on this playground. Don't talk about my mama. Can I get a witness? I mean, sometimes we grew up when we got a little older and we still were like, don't talk about my mama. Would you, would you look to somebody to your left or to your right, and would you say, if you agree with this, if you can relate to this, would you say, I'm, don't talk to my mama years old. Amen? Oh, man. Oh, man. What we see in the text, church, what we see in the text is a form of fighting words against Jesus. That, uh, Satan is talking about his daddy. He's talking about his parents. He's talking about his upbringing. He's challenging Jesus if you will. Uh, And and so uh, the enemy of your soul has a bone to pick with our father. We have to realize that he has a bone to pick with our father and he'll use you to, 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 to pick that bone. And we have to remember the best way for him to get to him is to get to us. We have to remember that. And so he'll often use, he'll often use problems to prevent you from your promise. Yeah. So what we see in the text here, what we see in in this Matthean text, we see the enemy uh, saying things to Jesus and Jesus saying things to the enemy because he's talking about his father. He's questioning the provision of God. That's what he's doing. He's questioning, he's questioning the protection of God. And he's questioning the promise of God for you. I said he's questioning the provision, the protection and the promise. And that's, and that's, what, that's what Jesus was, was facing, and that's what we'll face today. Je, the devil only has three plays in his playbook. And, and, and what throws us off is he's, he'll change up the, uh, the format. He'll, he'll change up the formation. If I could use football as an illustration, and my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, if my, if my beloved Dallas Cowboys, Ed, only had three plays, we wouldn't make it to the playoffs this year. But I know we are. We still, we, we still might because we got Dak and, hey, 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 you know. But three plays, so he, he's only got three plays. So what he does, the devil, uh, he'll, he'll take those three plays, the provision, the protection, and the promise. 
you know, uh, and, and he'll change up the formation so you won't know which one it is. And he attacks us. He'll start whispering things to us. He'll start creating things around us. They need me more on my job. They, the, the kids, the, this is that is going on, so I can't make it to church over a few weeks. You know, certain things that the devil will disguise, he'll change up the formation. But we got to be wise enough to know there's only three things he can do, the three approaches he's got to us. He's talking about our father. The provision of God makes us wonder, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? God, you know I love you. You know I'm doing the best I can. But the devil, the enemy of your soul, he wants to get you to question, why is this happening? Mm. His goal is to make you panic and fix it yourself. When we question what God is doing, we start figuring out how, I don't know if you're like me, I, I start trying to figure out, you know, when things are going wrong, I, I start trying to figure out. Most men are fixers. You know, we, we try to figure out, okay, what, what do I got to get done? But we have to remember it's only a test. It's only a test. So he questions our provision. He questions our protection. Um, he wants to see how far we'll go away from God. He'll question your protection. And, and, and he, he, makes us, he makes you think that, you know, God loves me. I can do anything now. I've been serving him for 10 years. I can do anything now. I got some letters in front of my name. I can do anything now. I make this much money. I can do anything now. And the devil will make you, and when it comes to the protection, he'll make you think that God loves me so much, let me walk out in traffic. To prove he loves me. Now, that may seem extreme, but when you stay out of his word, that's what you're doing. Same thing. You're taking a risk. When you stay out of his word, it's just as dangerous. You're trying to prove that he still loves you because you haven't spent no time with him. You haven't spent any, any, any quality time. And we're thinking, oh, we're good. He loves me. He's going to protect me because I'm a good person. I'm a, I'm a good girl. And it's dangerous. It's just like walking out in traffic. You're bobbing and weaving. This is coming at you. That's coming at you. And you're like, I don't know. When's the last time I prayed? Last Sunday? Mother's Day? Lord, help you. He'll make you question the, pr- the protection. Third, I said, he, he'll make you question the promise. He'll make you think that it's okay to take shortcuts. That's what he wanted to give Jesus. He said, I'll give you all this. I'll give you all this glory. I'll give you all of this. You don't have to go to the cross to be king. I'll give it to you. And I I tell you, it was his to give because of the fall of man, the fall of humanity. It was his to offer. So it it, kind of made cognitive sense. But he was trying to get Jesus to take a shortcut. Don't take on the cup of the sin of the world. You got people like Marshall who's going to be used in ministry, and he's messed up. God's going to clean him up and fix him up and use him and push him out there in front of people. And that quiet, shy guy is going to make something of his life. Jesus is like, oh, man, is it worth it? (laughs) My spiritual imagination. Yes, it's worth it. Lord, use my life. Red letter living allows us to see how Jesus pushed past his problems to prepare himself with scripture. And if we're going to advance the gospel, if you're going to have a testimony, if your life's going to be blessed, 
and however God will bless it, you're going to have to learn, I'm going to have to learn and remember some fighting words before you need them. If we look back to verse 1, it says that Jesus was led into the wilderness, right? And he fasted. The temptation church didn't even happen until at the 40th day. As Jesus was preparing himself to do the Father's will, as the Spirit was leading him and, 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 and nurturing him and, and, and giving him the strength, you know, he was fully God but yet fully human. And you can only go like 40 days without food. You can't go that long without water. And on the 40th day, when he couldn't take it anymore, he starts showing them these little stones, these little pebbles, these little, uh, these little pebble stones. I forget what they call them in ancient times, but they look like loaves of bread, look, little stones laying on the side of the road. You hungry now? Yeah. But Jesus prepared himself for the fight. So there are fighting words against us and fighting words that we can use. What Jesus say, said, we can say. He said it is written. It's interesting that Jesus was consistent. As Jesus was consistent with his scripture, God was consistent as consistent with his help. I'll say that again. As Jesus was as consistent with his scripture, presenting, speaking the word, God was as consistent with his provision, with his protection, with his promise. You are the Messiah. Jesus had to know the scripture. And, and, and so how do we fight the enemy today? Uh, and you may have the Bible on your phone. That's fine. And may, you, may, you may come with your Bible on the tablet. You may just come and see the Bible on the screen. But if you don't have one of these to thumb through, there's something about touching the pages. There's something about touching the pages. There's something about not just having a regular Bible. I mean, I got like 17 of them. But um, there's something about touching the pages and having a study Bible. Study Bibles are a little bit thicker, and they have the commentary at the bottom to kind of explain behind the text a little bit. There's something about that where you can highlight and, you know, and write off to the side what you think God is saying to you in the moment. And uh, his word is living, but you need some fighting words. Before you fight the battle, before you are facing something, you need some fighting words in you. There's something about knowing this and spending time with this that's different from when I'm at my, in, my, in my car. I mean, that's fine for if I want a snack. You know, I can look on my phone. But I want to build some intimacy. If I want to remember what I read, I have to highlight it for me. And anyone like me, I have to highlight. I got to write it down. I got to put, like, like one of my friends have stickies in their bathroom on the wall. You know, love, peace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, and stuff. Fruits of the Spirit. You know, I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do to remember the word. Amen. But it's something about this. How are we to fight, the, uh, fight our battles? How are we to fight Satan? I'm glad you asked. In Ephesians 6, 16, it says this. Oh, man, you got to get this. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. How many circumstances? See, we ain't walking out in traffic. God loves me. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So he's throwing darts at us. And he knows specific. Have y'all been to a dart tournaments? Have y'all seen people that can throw those darts right on the bullseye? And bullseye ain't but yay big. The devil's the best at it. He'll do like this and fling a dart and he'll hit you right in your spot. He knows your weakness. And we see in scripture, he sees everything. 
He can't be everywhere. He's not as omnipresent as God. He can only be in one place at one time, but he has workers. He has demons that fell, angels that fell with him. So he can have a, multi, he can have a multiple touch and speak, speak multiple voices into people's ears, but he can't be at every place every time. But he sees all. And so he throws these darts in our lives, throws these darts at us. And we're, we're when the Bible says, just do this. <laughs> anyway, let me get back to the text. In all circumstances, because I can't remember where I was. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. All. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, Now, the word of God fights the enemy. But he's not talking about using this. You can't yield this. Sometimes we sit our coffee on this. And sometimes we reverence this too much. Don't touch that. That's the Bible. This is just a letter for you. This is just instructions for you. In the Navy, we had instructions. In my 22 years in admin, we had instructions that we, that we had to go by. And, and, and I didn't know everything about the, the, all the instructions, church. But I knew where to find everything I needed. And you need to know where to find where to find stuff when it comes to the word of God. If, 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 you need, if you're bleeding, do you know the Bible even talks about something like that? If you're bleeding, you can go to Ezekiel, I think it's 616. It says that when I found you in your blood, you were waddling in your blood, I spoke to you and said, live. Sometimes you just got to claim the scripture over what's going on in your life. We, we, we did that with my sister when, when I was little. She, she would have these bloody noses. You, could punch, you can just push her nose. I used to like doing that when I was a little kid. I would push her nose. And her nose would just start running. And then my mom taught us that scripture. Live. Ezekiel 16.6. Live. The bleeding stop. You got to believe the word. Anyway, that's for free. Um, so he's not talking about wielding this around. And so what is he talking about, Pastor? What is he talking about? Um, the word of God fights the enemy, and that's the only thing that fights the enemy. Our strength doesn't do it. Our protection doesn't do it. However we want to look at it, the only thing that's going to protect us is the word. But how does the word protect? Um, this passage isn't about our Bible. There are two types, or two forms of word in the Greek for the word. There's the logos, which is the Bible. The logos, L-O-G-O-S, that's this. That's the book. That's what's on your tablet. That's what's on your phone, the logos. And then there's the rhema. The rhema is the other type of word. The rhema is the spoken word. It's the word uttered, a specific word uttered at a specific time. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was fighting with with the spoken rhema specific word. For a specific time, I, I, I told you earlier, and as we read Ephesians six sixteen through seventeen, it says, "And the sword of the spirit, um, to take up the helmet of salvation that protects our mind." That the devil speaking to us, it protects our mind, um, um, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the the word of God is the only thing. The spoken word is the only thing that the enemy, I mean, that that Holy Spirit will use. The sword of the spirit is his weapon in you, spoken for a specific time. Now, do you have to understand, because some of y'all are looking at me like, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. So I, 
I, I ordered a, a little something to give y'all a, a demonstration of what I was talking about. Um, the spoken word. In Paul's day, why Paul is using this language, Apostle Paul is using this language to people that he was writing to because they saw these Roman soldiers. They saw these Roman soldiers all around. So he's talking about swords and helmet of salvation. He's talking about in chapter 6, this spiritual warfare that we were going to have to deal with. But he uses the Roman soldier as an illustration. And everybody could relate to the Roman soldiers because the Roman soldiers, they, they had helmets. They, they, they were dressed a certain way. And they had these big old swords that they, that they carried on their, on their bodies, right? So when Paul was using this, this uh, verbiage, they understood clearly what he was talking about. On the, the swords that the soldiers used were these big long swords, and they would fight with those swords twice a day. They carried them around. They weighed twice as much as this, as this here. But when it came to battle, when it came to battle, they didn't use the big swords. You know why? Because the big swords, when you were cut and slashed, the big swords would, 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 kill, would, would diminish your energy. And so they were taught they practice how to maneuver and how to use the little dagger. And that's what the, the word here is speaking, for, speaking of. The word here is an expression of a dagger, not a sword, not the Bible. It's the Bible used at a specific time as a dagger. And so what they would do, they would train with the big swords, the heavy swords, and they would train to maneuver with those things, and they would know their enemy. So when it came to the battle, when it came to the fight, they would use something like this. A little dagger because it only took two inches to kill someone. And so they had to be, they had to have the endurance and they had to have the strength enough to be able to, to go in, maneuver, slash, I mean stab and go on to the next because there's a battle to fight. And so we have to learn how to conserve our energy. And we have to learn how to just take out the word and say a little, and say a little something and let the Holy Spirit give us for the specific time what we need for the specific situation. Maybe it's a job situation. What does the word say about your job? Maybe, maybe it's about you in the, in the moment giving God glory because you're feeling like, I, I, I feel like everything's coming against me. Even my friend, nobody believes. And then you need, you need to remind the enemy of the, of the glory of God. And maybe sometimes you got to sit back and remember Psalms 24. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he founded it upon the seas, and he established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of, of the Lord? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. Remind God of his glory. Remind the enemy of his glory. Sometimes you may have to say one of my favorites that Jay told me way back in the day in the Navy on the ship. If, uh, uh, Hebrews 10, 35, 36. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which have great reward, that after you've done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. And keep going. Jab and keep going. Jab and keep going. There's a battle to fight. And we can't waste our energy. So the word here is descriptive of a dagger. Not, not, not extending our energy with the sword. Y'all follow me? Okay, okay. I don't want to hurt myself. I'll put that down. There have been times in my life, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where um, I haven't seen results so I wanted to do it my way. Um, struggling to advance, struggling to make it forward, wanted to do it my way. 
Um, culture has conditioned me to, to want it now. Anybody ever deal with that? Culture conditioned me to want it now, to get the building now, instead of waiting, like I told you, from the first of the year, 12 months to 24 months. We're going we're gonna to see how God's going to move and we're going to get our building, but there's some work we got to do. We got to get people in and we got we to gotta do some things, but I want the building now. So I'm out looking at properties on my own, driving around and stuff. I'm looking at properties and stuff. I'm looking now. But I believe 12 months to 24 months will be good. We'll be good. We want a great marriage now. We want more friends now. And sometimes we get the wrong friends. But we have more friends. And what I'm finding in my life is and what you'll find probably in your life is it takes preparation. Sometimes we have to prepare ourselves with the reading of God's word so I have the wisdom of God. Um, so let me suggest to you, maybe, maybe you read a, a Proverbs in the morning and have the wisdom of the, for the day. Maybe you read a psalm at night and praise God for the day. Some, maybe you start with the, just that. I found that whenever I've, I've, I've prepared myself with the word, no matter what happens, it's like water off a duck's back. It, it, it's, I just handle it with ease. I got strength for the battle. I've got wisdom. I've got discernment. Is he, is he affecting my provision? God's provision? Is he, is he affecting my protection? Is he, is he affecting my promise? Jesus was tempted in all points, the Bible says. There's only three points, and we just read them. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I'll give you all this, pride of life, lust of the flesh, turn the stone to bread. Lust of the eyes. There's only three points. We need to prepare ourselves with the word. And so we'll know Isaiah 54 and 1. No weapon formed against us shall what? Some of y'all know the word. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Say it, like, say it like you're talking to the enemy. I can do all things. Amen. Amen. Say it like you're talking to the enemy. Say it like you're talking to the enemy. Say it again. God is listening, but the enemy's listening too. Yes, you can do all things. Sometimes all you need is a word. All it takes is a word. So what we, what Jesus said, we can say. And what Jesus did, we can do. What did he do, Pastor? Jesus submitted himself. Um, it's not enough to just quote the word. We have to do the word. Jesus quoted what he planned to do. And that's what we have to keep in mind. Oh, man. Um, I hope your approach to God is to please God when it comes to his word, not just to show off. The words, the words of God, the, word of the, the words in the Bible are fighting words for your life, in my life. 
And so if you plan to prepare yourself, if you plan to, to, to meditate on the word and to know the word so you can utter the word to protect yourself, to remind yourself, to encourage yourself, because pastor can't be there all the time. I can't send out push notification for every day so you can get encouraged. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. And remember, if I'm prepared, I win. If you're prepared, you win. James 1.13 says, God cannot tempt, nor does he tempt anyone. So we have to remember that. Think of it this way. When I read this, I felt, I, 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 I thought about it again. I was like, they may be confused because it says the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And yet Jesus was led right into a battle as he started his earthly ministry. But God doesn't tempt anyone. I know it says, you know, to be tempted. But in the Greek, the form is parazo. That means to, to test. So where, where Satan tempts, God test. So where the first man, Adam, in Genesis failed, the, le- the, se- the second man, Adam, it calls Jesus in the New Testament, succeeded. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, so what, what Jesus was experiencing was God's show-off moment to let the enemy know he will be victorious in this battle. So he led the Spirit, Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And sometimes you'll face things for God to show off, to remind the enemy again, I win. I win. So I want you to see this, though, verse 11. It says, and we can put the verse 11 up there again, guys. After every blessing, there's a battle. But after every battle, there's a blessing. And I didn't want to run past this. It says, then... Remember we started off with that? Then, in, in, in verse 1, we saw Jesus was refreshed at his baptism, and then he was led to the wilderness. Uh, then, at the end of the text, it says, Then, after the battle with the enemy, he was blessed by the angels. They brought angel food cake. Oh, man. <laughs> after every blessing... There's a battle, but after every battle, there's a blessing. Our job, your job, and my job is to hold on for the blessing. And remember this, remember this, church. Care always follows chaos. I said care always follows chaos. And the angels came. Another text, another uh, gospel says, and the angels came and ministered to Jesus. They ministered to him. They brought him the food, the nourishment, and the encouragement that he needed from the Father after the fight. Y'all need to know some fighting words because there's a battle ahead. And you don't have time. You don't have time to, uh, to pull out. You know, I, when I was in the Navy, I had all my Navy manuals and stuff and admin, and I, I, I didn't have time in situations to pull out and say, you know what, and, and deal with whatever I was dealing with. I had to already know it and have it in my heart. So you, you, don't, you don't have time to, to do what you, what you practice in private. You got to perfect it in public and be able to say those rhema words, and the Holy Spirit will bring it to your, 
so you remember it. Don't, don't stress yourself out of it. What if I don't remember? That's the Holy Spirit's job. Take the stress off yourself. God's yoke is easy, and his burdens are light. All you got to do is believe it and read, prepare. And at the right time, he'll give you, he'll give you what you need. Lord, I'm about to go into this meeting, and I'm intimidated by these people. Now, all these people make, make twice as much as me. Whatever the situation is, your word says, though, cast not away for, therefore my confidence, which has great reward, that after I step up and do the will of God, he'll fulfill the promise. Lord, I've been doing my part. Holy Spirit, do your part. You go into that meeting with boldness and watch God show up and show out. That's what it's all about. Oh, God loves you. He loves you so much. It's in red. And you know, you Navy guys know, when it's in red, that means someone has died for it. When, when, it, when it comes to our safety and our safety manuals, those are written in red. That meant blood was spilt for that. <laughs> wow. Would you stand with me? so love the world that his love is also a fighting word. Remember that. Father, I thank you for a time to share your word, and I pray that you will bless the people, Lord, as they, as they go forth from here, Lord, to remember, Lord, to study your word, to know that, that it's, it's in their preparation, Lord, that it's in their preparation that they will be victors comes into their lives in the form of people, pride, and problems. Help them to push past them, Lord, with your word. Defender of the people, <laughs> we thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we pray a blessing over our, over our family, those that aren't here and those that are present. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You agree? You agree?